Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. White Sox fans, it's been a while. We do these history podcasts. Did a bunch of them there for a month or so. It's been another month or so since we've done one. This is Dish Deluxe, Day in Sox history, right? Dish Deluxe, podcast where we talk about some day in White Sox history. They've mostly all been good ones. We'll see how quickly that runs out. Eventually, they will run out. I'm going to just try to keep it positive for a while. And hey, we are celebrating the anniversary here today, at backed with a couple different podcasts. This is sort of the special one. This is the buddy comedy version. And then we're going to have a little bit larger group, uh, all folks who actually were at the game. Believe it or not, this isn't deep, deep, dark history. This is recent history. It is the ALDS Game 3, 2021, last Playoff victory, perhaps last for a while, but we'll get to that. <laughs> We're keeping it positive. Uh, so this is the fifth podcast in the series. We'll have a sixth that is directly tied. They're all going to be uh, up for you to listen to and watch and enjoy and reminisce over uh, here on this special day, October 10th. So happy two-year anniversary to Allie Wessel and Jackie Crestel as uh, we open the buddy comedy uh, aspect of this history podcast. Thank you both for joining me. And we're going to start this out in a different way. We can't do this in the other podcast because as far as I know, nobody there necessarily has the connection or story or origin story uh that you two have so we're gonna start off and i can't make any promises because i'm lucky if i know to speak into the microphone and have my audio on we're gonna try to do a little production magic here bring up a clip from a podcast about a year ago that might kick off a little bit of the history of this buddy comedy let's see if i can get this to work i am will expose myself here so when i was sitting next to jackie at game three i was like what like how did you get into south side socks like and at this point i'm like many beverages in and i'm like (laughs) if ever there is anything that opens like let me know i'd be so interested like i want to get involved and then i just was like that was really embarrassing so i just like chilled for a while um, (laughs) and just like tried to you know just be on twitter and you know whatever And then, um, yeah, I've just been like laying low, you know, if something came to me, but when you reached out, like I was pumped because I've been looking for a way to get more involved within this community and like have my opinions be more heard on like a larger level and like talk with other people that are, you know, like-minded or maybe not like-minded, but you know, we can at least share our opinions. So I was super excited. 
I think Jackie shared a funny story. Maybe before any of you uh, joined up with us, it must have been because he's only been with us a, a few days. Uh, that yeah, I think I think she had said that somebody wants like ass, and, and she's like, yeah, just have the guy just like sort of like like annoy you with a message, and that's that's <laughs> how you get involved. It's like okay, yeah, that's not exactly a formula to follow. Uh, all right, so uh, okay, there there's our kickoff. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. I, I can't. No, listen, it's certainly not you know to expose anything. If anything exposes me as as the clown I am, but. Uh, no, I mean, listen, it's that uh, it's that excitement. I, I, you're the only one, I think, with that story. And I love it. That's why I want to play it up. Uh, but, you know, this is sort of how, I guess, in a sense, the two of you, certainly how you made it to us, Allie, but maybe a little bit of how you guys even sort of um, got to know one another. So uh, let's talk about the origins of that. It came at a pretty special game. It's the game we're talking about. Right. I think it's important to provide context that okay. I had never seen or spoken to Allie before <laughs> this game. <laughs> so um i just was on twitter wanting to go to the game and just putting an all call out there who's got tickets i want to go and uh our our buddy celeste spaghetti saw that Allie had some tickets and so she sent it to me like hey this this lady has tickets and so i sent a blind dm to this girl that i had never met and i'm like hey you, you, you got tickets i'll buy the tickets <laughs> Um, so my husband and I did buy those tickets and that was the first time I ever met Allie. And I'm really glad that I did because now we're really good friends. <laughs> me too, Jackie. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Allie. Asked me, yeah, go Allie. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just the idiot that was like, let's buy six seats as in the season ticket package. Cause my family, we're a family of five. And so when we were looking at season ticket packages, my dad was like, let's just get six seats because if the whole family of five wants to go, then it's like, you know, we'll just find a friend to go with us for the sixth right. seat. But on the off chance that none of us can go, it's easier to sell pairs than it is to sell an odd seat. In theory, great idea. In practice, my whole five family went to a game probably like <laughs> I think less than a handful um, and therefore, I just had these two awkward extra tickets that I was looking to get rid of. So Jackie took them off my hands. And I believe my message was like, upside, you get to go to the game. Downside, you have to sit next to me. And um, yeah. <laughs> it was not a downside. <laughs> it was not a downside. Although I will, um, I will back up what you said on the other podcast. Like, you know, we were celebrating. It was a festive atmosphere. Mm. Allie was having a good time. <laughs> I had a fabulous time. And when I woke up for game four the next morning, I knew that I had a good time. <laughs> Let me tell you. This is why it's I, such a great story because it got you to us. So however, you know, however it needed to, you know, however you needed to get from A to B to C to Z at Southside Sox, I mean, I'm glad you did it. But the funny thing is, is like it didn't, it got me there in a roundabout way because it was like a year later almost that, you know, that finally happened. So all in due time. I, I believe I gave you the same piece of advice that Brett talked about in the clip. And she was like, well, how did you get into it? I'm like, I don't know. The editor DM'd me and said, do you want to do this? And I put him off for like a month. <laughs> and then I finally said, yes, you might, yeah, might want to uh, try that. And uh, that's exactly what Brett did. So yeah. Yeah. see, and that, 
And that isn't the that record. That was good advice that I gave. That was good <laughs> yeah. advice that I that gave. Isn't even, that isn't even the record, Jackie. Uh, believe me, there have been longer holdouts than a month. A month is like, a month is like, yes. So, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and, and again, unique, you know, in Allie's case, because she, you know, she was looking, she was looking, for, as she expressed to you, she, she was interested. So, I mean, of course, then by the time I tap her on the shoulder, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. I've been, I've been sort of interested in doing this. Everybody else is sort of like, well, I don't know. And then we got the whole, you know, imposter syndrome thing for some people. And then we got, oh, I'm too busy thing. And, you know, I mean, all, all totally legitimate. Well, maybe not the imposter. <laughs> But, you know, I had just met her, so I like, she's like, how do I get into that? And I, how, how am I going to respond? I'm like, I don't know. Do you know Ball? Can you write? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, luckily, know Allie knows Ball and can write, so. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just sort of a loud, gregarious fan right next to me right now. Uh, that says something. I'm not sure if it yeah. says, yeah, the right things. Or not okay good a little bit more detail we, we we brighten the corners on again some of that origin story and so let's uh seg into atmosphere i'm gonna hit jackie on this one first but obviously we've already got little glimpse of atmosphere uh a celebratory you might say a celebratory uh type of uh, mood as it should be uh, but uh, jackie you're one of the people we talked about this even leading up to the playoffs before you even knew you're going before you sent um, uh, your faded message out there uh, via Celeste Bugatti mm -hmm. uh, to get to the game in the first place and have this meeting happen. But we had talked, and I believe we'd even grabbed some of our souvenirs. I still have my blackout towel, but you had been to one blackout. You're now going to the second blackout. I dare say that's a relatively, I mean, not tiny group, not completely unique group, but a relatively uh, exclusive group who were at both. Uh, so you have that comp to do. So you're at both blackouts, um, you know, going in, you got to the game, uh, even before perhaps meeting Allie, uh, you know, what was the vibe that the team's down? Oh, two, that's not great, but, uh, what's the atmosphere and what's your feeling going into this game? Um, I felt being down Oh two, I, I don't know. I just felt like the odds were in our favor <laughs> that evening and um, the atmosphere of blackout games. Anyone who has been to one will tell you I've never been to any sporting event quite mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The atmosphere at those games is insane. It's I, hmm, how do I even describe it? Like it was the last, and I went to um, a playoff game in 2005 and that playoff game in 2005 was not as loud mm -hmm. as the blackout game was <laughs> like mm -hmm. we uh we are hungry mm -hmm. for success we are hungry for a win so um just everyone pulling on the same end of the of the chain there is amazing it's amazing amazing um so even my um i brought my husband who is a cub fan and he was into it as well mm -hmm. like it's it's hard to deny that atmosphere at the park well wes is a good sport i mean he's uniquely yeah. a good sport being a cubs fan and navigating i mean listen he he got in he got into this mixed marriage we have a few of them on staff you know he, he did get into this willing so he might as well play along when when our team is <laughs> briefly every, on the rise it didn't hurt that we were playing the astros and everyone just universally yeah. Yeah. The astros and wants to see them fail <laughs> um especially you know um this is you know post 2017 and yeah. that was some of the funnest parts of the yeah. uh the crowd interaction is just um booing the Astros and chanting cheater 
mm-hmm. at them until your throat is sore. Mm-hmm. If I recall, yeah. that's one of the first times they had been back in Chicago since 2017. And so that was the first time a lot of fans too <laughs> sure. to scream at the likes of Jose Altuve and yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. In theory, two two uh, two series, nothing in in 2020. So that's true. That this would be their their you know their third time back to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jackie, uh, we agreed. Well, I guess I had the additional insight of well, yeah, you went to play a playoff game in 2005. I was lucky enough to uh, see the run. And obviously, you're not going to be that loud come. World Series, you're just cold, you know, or you're clapping with gloves, so that is, it's going to mute it. But I think we both agreed that uh, that blackout was both louder and sort of more spellbinding, more unique, even though, I mean, you cannot compare the the, the achievement of, you know, a World Series run to a, a game 163. But, man, there was just something about the – what was the comp then, Jackie, in terms of just um, – sheer density, sheer black coldness, because I, in 2008, there weren't many people who went against form to just, you know, uh, show all the other fans and wear like white or something. It was, it was uh, pretty blacked out. Was it reflected the same, not recalling footage of the game? Uh, Was it the same or? It was the same. There weren't many people. Allie, do you remember anyone in our general vicinity who was not blacked out? And I think that was the cool part of it because I didn't experience 2008. So like just yeah. to look out over the crowd to see yeah. all the black and then like there's nothing quite like 40,000 people whipping towels in the air all at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, my yeah. favorite part was right before the game started, you know, so they're doing all the pregame stuff. And then right before they do the announcements, without any kind of announcement, it just, mm. boom, the lights go out. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone yeah. just like, a collective, you can hear the entire scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Lucas, I'm um, pretty sure Lucas Giolito came on the screen. He was like, White Sox, it's time for the black. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just, you know, I was at the, um, the first blackout game as well. And I think it was just louder and more boisterous at 2021s because wow. the one prior, it was a pitching duel. Like it was a one hitter. Yeah. It was, you know, and this game in 2021 was a lot of offensive. Very different. Yeah. Um, Very different. So just that makes for a lot more yelling. All right. Uh, Allie, uh, we'll just, we'll just sidestep the whole blackout idea because obviously there was, there were some other things, you know, going on there uh, with you as well. But I mean, in terms of anticipation, uh, uh, of course, meaning, you know, meaning Jackie, that's, that's how I like Jackie and West, but I mean, anticipation of the game getting in there. Uh, this would be, this would be your first playoff game then ever also. Right. Cause it is yeah. 2008. So if I you was, want to play. I, yeah, yeah. I was pretty young in 2005 and my grandfather had season tickets at the time. Mm-hmm. And so him and my dad went to quite a few games. Uh, and my dad just always used to come home and like talk about how amazing the atmosphere is at a playoff game. And you, there's nothing like it. And so, the oper- when I knew there was a chance that we were going to be hosting playoff games, I jumped on the opportunity to make sure that I had access to tickets. Uh, and then the cool part of it is I went with one of my best friends from high school and both of our brothers went with. And so that's like something that me and my youngest brother have bonded over. But also I spent a lot of 2021 going to games with my good friend Katie. And so being able to experience that with her after we had kind of been to quite a few games and done that like that was just like a dream yeah katie's a doll by the way we love katie <laughs> we love katie see now it's family 
started <laughs> off with just a playoff game, desperation plea for a playoff game. Did you, when you put the word out, Jackie, did you, do you think you were going to have success or do you think like a, a 10,000 other people were doing that? So it was going to be a real, uh, a needle in a haystack. No, nah, I knew I was going to get tickets. You're getting, all right. <laughs> By any means necessary. <laughs> uh, I got friends in high places. There you go. There you go. That's okay. Hey, listen, it doesn't, it, sadly enough, it doesn't come around often enough for this not to be unique enough to, you know, to lay out if you need to. Um, so, no, uh, uh, then Allie, um, you know, not necessarily having um, the experience jacking a lot of their fans, your dad, you know, any of those uh, fans did. I mean, it had to be somewhat jaw dropping just pretty much every step of the way just getting in there packed house which you know i'm obviously been in packed houses before but i mean still under the circumstances and then you got the the twist of the blackout it's just got to be like wow this is i mean i know that was my impression 2008 jackie's probably both times and just like wow this is sort of jaw dropping i very vividly remember in like the 03 to 08 span going to games where the teams were good um like I went to a lot of regular season games and the video package just always like stands out in my head with the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song and the the, like thunderstruck leading up to the game and there were a lot of those elements that they brought back to game three which the prior year to that I like had lost my grandfather and so like that brought back a lot of nostalgia for me on top of just being in such a crazy atmosphere so it was one of those moments where I was just like, I just felt really happy to be there and like, couldn't believe that I was actually getting to experience that. And I was mm-hmm. very committed to socks in five. And I really, truly <laughs> really believed that that was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I said they'd win the series. I, I think I might send four. I don't know what I was thinking. Cause I'm pretty cynical about this team. You know, you get, a little older you get a little more yeah you get a little more grizzled about it but i mean i yeah i i think it was it's probably fueled mostly by astros hate which is a completely understandable reason to pick the white Sox and win a series at any time against those jag bags but um yeah i mean that's something i remember too you know being there in 2005 with my dad uh a fan who'd been to playoffs before i was born well a playoff before i was born there weren't that many uh and just yeah the giddy excitement i mean you get you get around a fan like that and I mean, how can it not rub off? It's strange that I'm the adult in the room when I'm with when I was with him at a game. But, you know, but then you look around everyone else and any age, uh, any gender. I mean, you got people who are, you know, cool fans. And you got people who are just losing their minds because this is the time. To, this is the time to lose your mind. Uh, and we'll get to some of those game details. I promise we're actually going to talk about this game. We're going to take a quick break. Come back to that. Uh, there are going to be some high highs and then. Maybe by the time this is done, there we're going to have to maybe acknowledge a couple lows or see. Maybe, maybe we'll just run out of time. Maybe we'll have to talk about that ugly stuff. But we are going to take one minute of a break. I promise we got game details coming uh, and eyewitness game details from the seatmates, uh, Allie Wessel and Jackie Crestel, in a minute on the Fans First Sports Network. Hey, White Sox fans, it is Dish Deluxe, podcast number five. What am I doing here? I wasn't at this game. I was a thousand miles away. I was watching on TV. And surprisingly, though I call myself a cynical fan, though I'm over it, though I'm, I'm, I'm a postmodern fan, uh, I don't get excited anymore. I don't I don't cry. I don't cheer. I was cussing up a storm at the television watching this game, uh, watching the entire series, angry at the folks on Twitter dismissing the White Sox, not necessarily looking at you, Jeff Passan and Houston Astros PR, but 
uh, you know, so I was giving it out, getting agitated. Always surprised myself. No cheering in the chat, no cheering in the press box, but even in the press box, I would jump up and cuss when another Twins player put it put it on a White Sox jaw with a ball or an elbow or whatever. So, yeah, I got drawn in. I can only imagine that you two were extremely drawn in by a game that uh, wasn't smooth sailing. Uh, it was a weird game. Uh, slug fest, I guess. Uh, the, the two top pitchers for the Sox are the two first in the game and the two big arms in Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech both uh, but didn't do well. Uh, they gave up all the runs in the game. The bullpen actually were the heroes here. And, well, there are a couple hitters as well. So uh, we don't necessarily have to go inning by inning or anything here, but uh, either one of you, can can we just piece together some of the elements that stood out? Clearly there is one little, little tiny elephant in the room who's no longer uh, with us. Not deceased, of course, but still getting paid, but no longer on the roster, Leo Garcia. Of course, that's a huge one because he ended up having the – the game winning hit early in the game before we knew what the outcome would be. But uh, some details that, uh, that maybe jump out at you. This is the first playoff game in 13, 13, man, 13 years. So uh, the highlights were plenty, probably even when things weren't going in the White Sox way, because there's always a chance to rally back. Uh, what stands out? Jackie did her research last night. So I'm going to let Jackie uh, go for this one and I'll, I'll fill in. Fill in. <laughs> Okay, Allie's right. I rewatched the game oh. last night. All right. Um, so I and I texted her because my first and immediate takeaway was I forgot about Dylan Cease's beard. Remember when he had that huge oh, beard? Wow, yeah. <laughs> right. See? Um, so that was my first <laughs> takeaway. Oh my god. Um Who is he? <laughs> who's that young chap? Yeah. Um, um and as I was watching the game, the, the things that I, I kind of took uh, note of, well, first of all, um, Jose Altuve is going to lead it off for the Astros in the top of the first. And the cheater chants were immediate mm. and very, very audible mm -hmm. during the uh, the game. And I that, that warms my heart. <laughs> um, and then they were um, – Cease only lasted – one and two thirds. I did not remember that about that yeah. game. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. He was awful. Yeah. Um, but he was really only awful for two thirds of that game. Uh, in the first inning, he sat them all down. Yep. He and Cease only throws what 96, 97 ish. Is that where he's sitting in in 2021? Yeah. Routinely, routinely is hitting a hundred in the first know. inning. Yeah. Um, so like maybe the adrenaline got to him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, he was done by the second inning. Kopech came in and he wasn't that bad. Kopech wasn't that bad. He got the win that day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they both had a three spot put up on them. Um, and really, I mean, bullpen, uh, Tapera, Bummer, Kimbrel for an hour. Kimbrel, I know. <laughs> and Hendricks, I mean, lights out. That's yeah, that was cool. 14 strikeouts. Um, uh, uh, nine strikeouts by those four relievers. Um, I mean, they really delivered the game because Houston was 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 shut down, you know, after mm -hmm. Kopech exited. Um, yeah, the White Sox had I mean, a habit in that series of over. I mean, they were not the veteran um, cheaters, but the veteran playoff team in the Astros were because I mean, you know, Rodon was over a hundred. I mean, they all just 
they, they did not have their composure, whether the, um, the outcome was good or bad. First innings were probably all fairly clean. And then you got to go back out to their second inning. You're like, wait, I just gassed my arm because I was dialing up to 100. Uh, happened to cease, happened to Rodon. Um, you know, young team, I guess. Yeah. I think I'm going to put Allie on the spot. Oh, go ahead, Allie. I was going to say, yeah. the thing about that game, too, I remember is, but, and I don't know if this uh, translated when you rewatched the game last night, Jackie, but vibes were not great up until no. the Lurie home run. Like, yes. we're, down, we're down 0-2 in the series. We're coming in. Hendricks had that iconic interview, like, right before that, that was, like, socks in five, I'm pretty sure, where he was like, we're going to come back mm-hmm. in this, like, fans are believing it and then immediately you go down what was it it was well like, no we were up one to nothing but then oh, yes. in the in the bottom half or excuse me in the top half they came back mm-hmm. and yeah, took yeah. And- i mean at some point they're up five one before that big inning so i could see how five one yeah staring elimination team doesn't not showing a ton of life it's the astros you know you know whatever it's the astros they're probably not feeling great but then i mean that third inning was was pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Now uh, they're clawing back into the game. Uh, That's later. why I want to put Ellie on the spot. For okay. It. Like everyone remembers Lurie's home run. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what came before that allowed that? Someone <laughs> else had a home run. Do you remember who? Because I did it until I saw. I'm like, That's right. Yep. <laughs> oh, was it, it? Wasn't a solo home run before that though. It was a two-run home run. Oh, shoot. Who would have been two up? Lurie was probably like seventh or eighth. Was it Andrew Vaughn or something like that? No. It was Yasmani Grandal. My freaking God. Do you remember that? I didn't remember. I'm like, that's right. No. I haven't seen that game since we were there. And so a lot of it came flooding back. And you're right. Like, the vibes were down. Um, And after, like, in the first inning before we went down, and then after the third when we came back, whenever they showed – shots of the crowd and just us going absolutely insane. All I kept thinking about was look how good we could be to them, but they want to mess around. Mm -hmm. They want to mess around. Look how good we could be to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, mess around is a really nice way to put it, but yeah, it's it's a great point. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, there's just a lot of non-swearing ways you could really stick a a knife in the heart of this team because of yeah how they treat. But that's sort of that's going to be the end of the podcast if we don't run out of time. Um, To to to, to track the details, not that Jackie hasn't rescored the game or corrected any uh, mistakes in her original scoring of the game. Uh, Eloy uh, gets up and tries to just uh, keep the momentum going. First pitch terrible weak grounder. So it's two outs. This is all two out rally that gets the White Sox ahead. So really, um, shout out to uh, Makata, a two strike single and uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, who get on and then all right, Leori comes up, he is now the lead run granted, it's a third inning. So you're not really thinking ball game, um, especially now with the way the game's gone. Um, feelings, I mean, it can't be feeling great with Leori. I mean, you, you want somebody else. Uh, because what you think maybe he's going to slap a single, maybe get a run in or load the bases. So seeing Larry come up where you just starting in both of your cases, maybe just starting to get so excited even with two outs that, you know, something good's going to happen or what's the feeling there. Can you take yourself back to the, the pre Larry, uh, Homer? I think it's like a, here we go again, kind of thing. I like Larry longest tenured player on the white Sox at the time, up until whenever he got DFA this season, like, he had his moments there. Were, he, he provided value to the team. 
I think there was a chance, but I also, I'm just like, here we go again. Like surely nothing good is going to happen here. We've had our prior to that, like that game specifically, like if you go back to the two games in Houston, there were points where we were up and like Mm -hmm. our souls were crushed. So like, I'm just prepared for my feelings to get hurt at this point, Mm -hmm. but yeah. I'm like where Brett was. Like I, I had good vibes. I was feeling it. I'm like, no, here we go. We're going to do some, but the last thing I expected was a home run to dead away center. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he doesn't usually have that kind of pop. He picked a great time to hit the longest ball he's ever hit in the major leagues. That's pretty good. I mean, you got to give him some credit for, for timing. That's for sure. Cause there's no doubter. I mean, I think the only reason there's, there's doubt in the broadcast is, or in a lot of fans watching the games by just like, well, wait, hold this not supposed to happen, you know? But I mean, if that was any, any other batter up there, you'd be like, Hey, okay, we got the lead. Uh, so, right. you know, it definitely and, um, turned. Go ahead. Uh, the other, the last thing I have in my notes about the game <laughs> that I didn't remember <laughs> Um, was that Dusty Baker pulled the starter Garcia with a two and zero count on Leori, yeah, and right. and he that's brought right. in and he brought in Garcia. So he took out Garcia, brought in Garcia, and then Garcia hit the home run. Yeah, so to face Garcia. Like... That's <laughs> yeah. right. I forgot about that sort of strange. Like I'm so fed up. I'm you know I've seen something so alarming. I'm going to pull you out of the game on a two zero count. Um, mm-hmm. you know, th- fearing what's going to happen. And of course it, it can't ever feel good as a manager when you think you've at least just like slowed it a bit and the worst possible outcome does happen with your, you know, with your lead pitcher. So yeah, Dusty couldn't have been feeling too good at that and moment. Then all of the shots of Garcia and the dugout just shaking his head just in mm-hmm. utter just Oh yeah, he was. They cut right immediately to him after the home run. He's just like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> yes, he'll get vindication against uh, Dusty Baker. He'll show Dusty. Okay, so the White Sox. Uh, uh, oh my God, talk about thing. It's only been two years. This is starting to freak me out. I'm glad that you you two are both forgetting things too, because otherwise, I would think there'd be a, a, a more serious medical problem for me. But a guy, a guy apparently that played for the White Sox named Cesar Hernandez ended that inning with a strikeout. So, okay, inning ends, uh, Sox are up uh, 6-5. How'd you feel with the Sox up 6-5? Did you – you couldn't have felt like it's in the bag. It's it's going into the fourth inning. But were was it just a matter of – was it holding breath? Okay, it's going to be back and forth, or the White Sox are going to find a way to lose it? Or did you really think that that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, shot from Leoria – not a backbreaker, but really would sort of uh, give momentum in a home game, uh, a desperation situation where you felt more confident than you should have felt going into the the, the last two thirds of the game. I mean, let's be honest. I was way more beverages in than I needed. To <laughs> so high now after this, like it's possible. Nothing was stopping me from believing that, that game was over after mm-hmm. that at bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You heard fireworks for the second or third time. And you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm pretty sure I, I like, was as to Jackie. As sober can be. I'm pretty sure I turned to Jackie and proceeded to be like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You I can't did, believe you did. it. And then I had to turn to Wes like, she's crazy. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, um, Jackie clearly not as 
confident as Allie was, although again, it speaks to momentum. And there, what's to say that that uh, dugout wasn't feeling something along the lines like, okay, we came back from this uh, and we're our backs are against the wall. We came back from this. Okay, we got, let's just you know hold one run lead, but we got this. But how, how were you thinking? Were you a little bit more wise and like, okay, well, I'm just sort of waiting for the other shoe or that this is going to be back and forth. Uh, what, what was your vibe after really a pretty shocking way to take the lead? Yeah, I was um, much more cautiously optimistic because I don't think any lead was safe against that Astros team. Yeah. Um, Tucker was just murdering us the whole game. And I was like, it's only a matter of time before he comes back and pulls some stuff on me. Um, so it, the rest of the – until the eighth inning when we, we scored a, a handful of more yeah. insurance runs, um, I was really just kind of holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, because no lead is safe against them. <laughs> when you're the White Sox, no lead is safe ever. <laughs> yes, the, the 2021 White Sox, a little bit different, but yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Kimbrel's got an 18 ERA in this series, so he got he got hit with something uh, in those first two games. Bummer's 13-5, so these guys had gotten hit up in Houston, and they're being dependent on as the sandwich relievers in this game. Uh, to get you through, I mean, that's two innings between them. So, yeah, I mean, as much as this team was tight in 193, whatever games, uh, yeah, this is this is Houston. And, you know, even without a trash can, uh, you know, they had the savvy enough to say, listen, game's, you know, game's not over, and you know, until we're counted out. And and you're right, Jackie, it makes sense until you get a little breathing room. And there's no breathing room at all. So you know, until you get even more breathing room, you want more than a couple runs, three runs, breathing room, yeah, you're not going to feel – like you can really exhale and come back again for, for again. Cause I mean, this really was down to now, uh, Allie, you had tickets to game four, Jackie, you weren't going back for James game four or, or were you? No, I had work. That was during the day. Okay. All right. So, so, I mean, you know, I mean, this is this, it would have been one and out for Jackie either way, but you want to keep, you know, you want to keep watching this team move on and, you know, Allie, you've got a vested interest in this. Like, Hey, I want to, I want to come back tomorrow and, even the series up for crying out loud. So, uh, uh, yeah, there was, uh, a little cushion provided later in the game. So by that time, uh, you both can in your own ways, in your own special ways, uh, celebrate what seemed like a certain victory, given the fact that the Sox by that time had doubled up, you know, doubled up the score. Yeah. I felt a lot better. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Liam Hendricks came in and was lights out and, um, Allie, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time yeah. because again, West remembered this and I didn't even, I was disappointed in myself. Do you remember who the last out of the game was? No. Yes. I, just guess. Jose who, who would be? Yes. It was Jose. Nice. <laughs> Struck him out. And ooh, that's like, strikeout. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy that you was want. The perfect way to end that game. Is, um, Let's take it off the board and away from the game for a second uh, because we've been talking a little bit about the Astros. I think we have universal feelings toward the Astros, which reflects probably 29 other fan bases. Uh, but, you know, we are now six years removed from um, a scandal, I guess. Oh, who really knows how, how far we are removed from any scandal with that team? But, uh, you know, of course, there's naturally talk, you know, hey, hardly any of those guys are still on the team, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, our, our tendency in this culture, I suppose, is to, you know, at some point uh, whitewash, some point forget, some point forgive. 
Uh, and I know at some point shaking your fist at the clouds on this gets a, you know, gets a little silly if you're, if you're too hardcore about it. But I mean, this, this is, this is not a one and done situation, right? This is not a, this is not a sneeze of a whipsy of a mistake. I mean, this is serious stuff. The team went unpunished for um, the, the, after effect and the aftertaste, the hatred for this team, it's it, how justified is it? Very. Yeah. <laughs> You're both right. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't forget. I don't forget. Yeah. It would be one thing if that team had been punished in any mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. uh, but for Rob Manfred to come out and say that the vitriol that the team got from social media and the bad press that the team got was enough of a punishment in itself and no one was going to be suspended for anything. That is just what takes it to another level in terms of resentment. Like there will never be any way for that to be better because mm -hmm. there was no consequences to actions. Did it ever make sense to either one of you that the logic behind not punishing the players was they would have not got the information that the investigation would not have been complete if they hadn't like granted immunity to the people who did the wrongdoing that from the start, when that was uttered by Manfred, I thought, what game is going on? I mean, he's that he's the commissioner of baseball or whoever he's got doing best investigations. I'm sure there were tons of teams willing to whisper something. It might didn't have to be players. Uh, like betraying the fraternity, there are plenty of other people who aren't players that are going to whisper something, especially guys, uh, uh, people who have vested interests to make them look bad for what they did. Uh, it never struck me as as a true court at all that you needed to give that away to like get the whole story as if we even maybe as if we even had the, the full story. Uh, it always rang very hollow. Manfred is no fan to the average baseball fan mm -hmm. he is a fan he is a, a servant to the owners and mm -hmm. um you know if you want to get more mad about 2017 i recommend um <laughs> evan drellich wrote a book called oh. winning fixes everything um about that uh about that season and i cannot oh. recommend that book highly enough um i read it and then like gave it to my husband and gave it to my dad and like <laughs> it just Oh, <laughs> yeah. So well, anything that Rob Manfred says will ring hollow, yeah, is, yeah, I guess, is my point. Well, and then you have all of these sports analysts and broadcasters, you know, last year when they're going on their run talking about what a dynasty they are and 27, they won in 2017 and they've won all this stuff. And there's no mention of any of this mm -hmm. ever happening. It's as mm -hmm. if it never happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other part of this too, is you can talk about all of these accomplishments, but there's an asterisk yeah. next to that stuff that you're just failing to even mention. And mm -hmm. therefore you're not telling the whole story. We, we get that you don't lead with that. Your your business is promoting baseball. You're trying to generate excitement in the 2023 playoffs, for example. So I get that you don't lead with that. Hey, well, these guys cheated, but they had a run of six straight uh, LCS or whatever. But yeah, as you say, Allie, to not, for it not ever to come up, which starts to believe that now that, I mean, let's face it, there are, there are fans who might not actually be aware. There will be fans who will not be aware of it. I mean, hopefully if they're true fans, they're going to figure things out about the game, but uh, the idea that now we can just say, oh, you know, that didn't happen. Uh, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, 
how could a White Sox fan criticize when in 1919? Well, okay, it sort of went differently then, but oh, oh okay, you know, on a number of levels. Okay, if you want to cite you, that as an example. <laughs> but are you banning Jose Altuve from the Hall of Fame? No. Yeah. Or in fact, right. they're talking about how he's like a future first ballot Hall. You know what I mean? Like they're right. talking about him with this reverie, mm-hmm. and yet <laughs> there was punishment, you know, back in 1919, even though that's like over 100 years ago. So yeah, also yeah. there was. There was no punishment. And in the year after, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. And who was their manager? Alex Cora. Yeah. The year yeah. after it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, and that's just it. I mean, if the argument is, well, Houston wasn't the only one doing it, true. Then, then throw the ban hammer down on a few teams because a few deserve right. it. Certainly. I'm not, Yankees, I'm not saying Boston, that Boston... Houston, did it. I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm not saying that anyone else doesn't, <laughs> you know, um, but just like the, the, the sour taste that that gives that there is no punishment for that. Mm-hmm. The a person who was instrumental in that scandal in 2017 won the freaking world series the next year and was lauded. Yeah. Like there's no accountability yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then Alex Kors, um, uh, um, you know, uh, had to sit out like 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 he was doing this sort of undue punishment and he's back back great manager i mean there's there's uh, it's sort of like well <laughs> i see the accomplishments on the resume we're not going to highlight the fact that some of the the greatness as a manager was was aided it's like the people were pining for aj hint it's like well you really want him with you want him with the white Sox. Uh, yeah, I was never a fan of that, even if they did send the tweet out with his signature. Okay, speed round here, as long as we're talking about it, because, you know, better than what's coming next. Uh, all right, Jose Altuve, uh, who is a great example that you you cited there, Ali. Okay, he is a guy who probably is, already has the credentials for the Hall of Fame. Um, plenty of options here. Uh, writers refuse to uh, uh, vote him in for, for legit reasons. Uh, he gets voted in with something on the plaque uh, or just absolutely deserves to be in because his cumulative accomplishments uh, are enough. Uh, what's a feeling here? If we agree on the premise that he's probably already reaching Hall of Fame caliber, let's just, if you don't believe that, well, let's pretend. Um, how do you think it's going to wrangle out or should wrangle out? How I think it will wrangle out is they will put him in the hall with no kind okay. of comment that at ever and my personal feeling is that he would have been a hall of fame caliber player without all of that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but that just it taints it too much mm-hmm. for for me personally i'm like you mm-hmm. ruined it you mm-hmm. ruined it so he's like a barry bonds and and some others who aren't going to get close or maybe maybe many many years from now will somehow because you cross the line and even with something maybe on the plaque, that's not good enough. In your mind, it's a Pete Rose situation. He just shouldn't be there because he crossed the line. Yeah, but they're going to put him in. Okay. Well, I mean, this is Jackie's Hall. I mean, I don't care about the real <laughs> hall because that's a, that's a clown show anyway. Not in my Allie, hall. You're, exactly. Allie, do you feel uh, differently? What's, what's your take? I feel, I mean, to Jackie's point, he is a Hall of Fame caliber. Like, Sam's 2017, I mean, obviously, we don't know how long that was happening that's the other thing too with this, right? This all came out about the 2017 season, but we don't know how long that was happening prior to 2017. So that's the other thing that I think kind of taints this, but I think, you know, post 2017, he's 
played very well, and I think he makes a case for himself. I do just have to note that last year he played absolutely terribly in the postseason, and it brought my soul so much yeah. joy. Like, yeah. he struggled so terribly in the 2022 postseason that it was actually getting kind of comical. Yeah. But besides the point, I think having something on a plaque is fine. I, I Like Jackie said, I think he's just going to get in and – no one's going to say anything, but I mean, and it's it, quite, he's, he's, he's tiny. He's cuddly. I mean, a rods, a guy who doesn't seem like he's going to obviously Barry bonds, a number of these guys who crossed this line. I mean, a rod did it two or three or 500 times and name names and all this stuff. So, I mean, he's a horrible person, but I mean, there are people who are not, they're just not going to get in uh, well, that's the probably sp- in our lifetime. So. I mean, specifically if we're talking about Jose Altuve, mm-hmm. like that's been the whole narrative that's been pushed about him this whole entire time about how he's this, Five eight guy, he's super short. No one ever said he was going to be a good middle infielder, and he defied all odds and worked really hard, and you know made it out of the con- Venezuela. Is that where he's from? Mm. Um, and now he's like this elite caliber player who's won all of these accolades. Like they've been pushing this story for so long that it's you know eventually you just start to believe this and forget that all this other stuff happened. And especially too when you're trying to get new fans in the door and you have new fans. No one's going to go do the dirty work to build up all these controversies. Mm. They're just going to believe what the normal, regular media is pushing out to them. So, yeah. He would have to pull a Kurt Schilling to, like, not get in, and I don't mm. foresee that from him. Mm. So if you're mascot-sized, you can bang the trash can, and it's okay because you're sort of you're an overachiever. There are these other narratives – He's a good guy, and he didn't. And and uh, he didn't want to take a shirt off because his wife doesn't like it, or he's embarrassed. It's not because he's got like a battery yes, strap to his he chest. Did that a year later, he ripped open his jersey. It's all, mm. ugh. yeah, sick. Oh, we hate them. <laughs> Let's go watch some playoffs. Um, all right, yeah. I just wanted to, to just wanted to um, just sidebar that we're talking Astros. Why not? It comes up. Okay, well. You really think we should have another break because this really is a deep breath moment because we do have to talk a little bit about what's happened since the magical meeting between Allie Wessel and uh, Jackie Crestle. Um, that uh, magic, it, uh, it's sad to say, probably not in all of our hearts, definitely not in your two hearts, but uh, it has burned off. Um, things have gotten very sour from here. And of course, that's an entirely different series of podcasts, but this is a derivative of something I've been asking about our year end, uh, asking people to think more about their predictions for this year. And could you possibly have conceived it actually being a 61 win season? Of course, pretty much universally, it's just slack jaw. Nobody can speak because of course nobody thought that, but at that game, obviously it's when, you know, you're running a high, but really even coming out of that season with quickly losing that series and showing that they're not, you know, quite Houston caliber, no matter what we thought about whether they'd win that, you know, some idiots like me saying they'd win in four or whatever, and some saying uh, Liam Hendricks saying five. Um, there still had to be a good vibe even with Tony La Russa managing the team, young core. I can't fathom that either of you thought we'd be here talking about on a podcast covering a team that did just win 61 games and so quickly. We're not, this isn't 2029. Uh, this is two years later. Not even, We are exactly two years from the game we're talking about here. And uh, it's it's sort of, I mean, it is inconceivable, right? We could talk about what ifs, I think, like forever. Like what could have happened if, you know, a couple of blown leads in Houston to come out mm-hmm. with a win. Or, True. Uh, but 
I will die on this hill. You win game three in a night game in Chicago, and immediately you're supposed to turn around and play a day game for the very next day. Like, theoretically, all of the momentum is in your favor going in. That game gets rained out, and now you're playing – now you have a random odd rest day before. And so I just think maybe we wouldn't be in this particular situation, perhaps, if game four would have happened when it was supposed to happen. You mean we wouldn't be in this situation of losing the series or of where we are now in 2023? Um, You know, maybe everything. Because it's all a domino effect. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said there. You know, we're not going to go like a butterfly effect too much, but I mean, that, that's not something you can't consider. That's for sure. Uh, um, Jackie, your your thoughts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment of silence for where we at where we're at today. No, I don't think. Um, I mean, going past 2021 and where we are sitting now, 101 losses in 2023. Did I foresee this? Absolutely no, I did not. Um, and like Ali said, we can play a what if game. Um, I can point to a few um, bad decisions in that off season and in 2022's off season that kind of led us to this place. Um, I didn't foresee it happening, but in hindsight, you know my favorite person is going to get the blame. I'm going to blame my general manager and my vice president of baseball operations Mm -hmm. for the worst roster construction Mm -hmm. I have ever witnessed Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. You can't let Carlos Rodon walk and pick up Kimbrell's $16 million option Mm -hmm. with, with no backup. There's, there's nobody waiting down Mm -hmm. in Birmingham or Charlotte. Mm -hmm. There's nobody down there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're just going to let those players walk. You're going to let Jose Abreu, walk after 2022 with Andrew Vaughn who has done very little to prove himself uh couldn't hit a slider if it snuck up on you know mm-hmm. hit him in the butt um that was your backup plan that was your backup plan yeah. but Jackie, um he's the golden spikes winner <laughs> oh lord help me <laughs> College ball. Uh, okay, let me let me uh, throw it back at you, Allie, because I think if I can cliff notes Jackie there a bit, it's no matter what would have happened, they could have won the World Series in 2021. Is the badness of the front office going to end up winning out and finding a way, maybe not as quickly, as efficiently as they've done in here, because this is two years later. It seems inconceivable that we have dropped, I can't even do the math, 32 wins in just two years um would the badness of the front office and this types of decision making that um jackie just scratched the surface on uh would that have won out and ground this t- uh, grounded this team at least quicker uh than it then expected for some sort of window if if the window had played out say they get to you know the lcs or something or maybe even get to the world series was this team sort of doomed by the decision makers i think there's like Poison and, and like rot is going to reveal itself at some point. Like there's no way of getting around that. And I think the root of all of that is the flaw in the rebuild idea. Like you can't (laughs) like rebuilds don't exist. 
the longer I watch baseball and the more seriously I take my fandom, the more I'm realizing that rebuilds don't exist. And that is what Rick Hahn like prided himself on mm-hmm. rebuilding this organization. But the, the problem is like Jackie said, there's no one waiting in Birmingham. There's no one in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We spent all of our time building up this top 10 farms, top farm system yeah, briefly. Yeah. Only to bring Thanks, Chris up- Dale. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Open them up all at the same time. And now we're back to having like a bottom 10 farm system. Yeah, Jackie, go. That our current GM was in charge of developing. And mm-hmm. the one player that he successfully developed is playing in the playoffs for the Marlins. <laughs> and stood by and was a buddy with. I mean, legit. Props to him for that because he really guided him through what was an sort of extremely dark uh, injury period. And you'd think you'd, you'd want to ride that up. Uh, i got to briefly give uh, Allie a standing ovation for uh, bringing the truth out that rebuilds don't exist. Rebuilds don't work. It's a fluke if it does. And later you might label it as or or you should maybe label, oh, well, you know what? It turned out we were rebuilding and look how successful it was. This notion of the purposeful rebuild because, hey, they did it or because we have no choice. I mean, you can criticize Ken Williams all you want. And I understand that he had a tendency maybe to mortgage a farm system and rarely it seemed like those players came back to haunt the White Sox. But okay, um, there are definitely some examples here in uh, this past decade. But I mean, traditionally, uh, he managed to get away with it, even if he was still chasing like Roberto Alomar for the 18th time. Uh, But, you know, listen, he's sticking his jaw out there and he's going for it. Again, it didn't, it rarely did work, but versus this, okay, let's just, let's hold back. Let's lose some games. Uh, I mean, look, now they don't even want to say it's a rebuild now. So now it's like what? It's an unintentional rebuild. So they're going to kick and scream about it and say they're going to compete because they can't. They didn't. Someone didn't write like a position paper about rebuilding because it's too soon. Uh, It's just it's a quagmire. It's sickening. And I'm glad to hear. I know Jackie feels the same way. But Ali say, which is just, you know what? This is a con. You know, something that might be nice to title your like championship DVD or, or something. Hey, the rebuild payoff or some crap. But the notion that, you know, you can just roll this out. It was that easy. It would routinely be done and, and probably executed by better teams, uh, by other teams better than us. But we haven't even managed to execute it. Let me flip this, though. Before, maybe it's not an ending on a high note, but uh at the point of walking in there for game three in 2021, uh, regardless of what the actual predictions you put down or all the, the hard scrabble talk you did with your families or other uh, fans leading up. I mean, the Sox had made the playoffs. They'd been the best team in the American league in 2020 until they sort of choked at the end, of course, got flushed out of the playoffs, but that was sort of a weird like pass of a season. Right. So you sort of count it, but you really sort of don't. So you could argue that this was a pretty quick ascendance. Did this feel faster to be in a position of 93 wins and uh in the playoffs did this seem about right or did it even seem slow in your eyes given the fact that the rebuild started you know whatever six years earlier or something i mean i don't know what the prediction is on a rebuild being successful but i mean look at baltimore right now they lost 101 games in 2021 was it and now they're one of the best yeah i mean that was that was quick and i think Again, not my GM, but I, I feel like that was done well. You know, I think Rick Hahn knew how to talk. Slick Rick. He he, <laughs> could, 
like he could that that was the problem that I had with him is like I bought into 2020 and 2021 where he was lawyer speaking me and I believed what he was telling me obviously like you know I didn't know how long the rebuild was going to take but from what he was explaining to me we were right on track to be in the window in which he believed that we were in and so it didn't feel fast it you know it didn't really feel slow either I guess like you know it felt it felt like we were moving along the tracks at the pace in which Rick Hahn had set us to be moving. And um, then somehow we crashed. Yeah. Here we are. <clears throat> did it, so did it wanna... feel? Yeah, go ahead, Jackie. Give no, me your you timing. go ahead, Brett. No, no, no. I, I want to know what you feel the timing is. You know, t- did it feel right to you? Uh, a quick, slow? I mean, what, how did it feel to you? I, I still felt hopeful. I still felt hopeful after 2021 and I was just on my phone because I, I remember like writing a tweet or a Facebook post something when the season ended saying like, you know what, that was one of the funnest seasons Hmm. I think I can remember. And, um, we'll be back. We'll be back. But we weren't, we were not back. And Um, your your punishment for getting that good feeling was these past two seasons. So we just, I guess we don't get good things, Jackie. Okay. I want to, Go ahead, Ellie. 2022 was worse than this year because, it, like, because the the prospect of like potentially making the playoffs hung around for a very yeah. long time last year, to the point where we were entering September, and I was like, maybe there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, minus all the dumpster fire press and all of that stuff, like. I'm not adding, I'm talking about just like play on the field and contention wise. Like it was very clear, very early that this was going to just be an absolute and utter shit show. Mm-hmm. And I accepted that and just moved on from that. You know, like I knew we were going to be bad. I knew we weren't going to make the playoffs and I, I was really okay with just going to games to hang out with my friends. I want to point out that I was not the first person to swear on this. Yeah, podcast. really. We 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 just t- we just uh, uh, tossed a coin in the swear jar late in the podcast That's at the buzzer. Funny. At the buzzer, Ellie hits it. I can argue. I th- I think I can see what you're saying about um, 2022 being like more t- more t- more torturous. Uh, more, there was definitely more of a tease, and there were expectations. Uh, I think a lot of us, well, there was a spread of expectations. There were folks picking this team to win low 90s games. And then there were those of us who said maybe high 70s. So there was a range. And so I guess those people who thought high 90s were, you know, I mean, I guess they were suffering for a second straight year like you're alluding to in 2022, Allie. But I got to say, this is this is beyond belief. So I don't know. This last season is but. a lot of... But like we're talking about like, oh, this wasn't even that long ago. Let's go back a year prior in 2020 when we were ousted from the playoffs by the Oakland Athletics. Like, <laughs> where they are now. Um, and we talked about the, the Orioles coming and making their um, – it wasn't that long ago. What was it? What year did they win the series? Uh, the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. won the world series like yeah. isn't that the beautiful thing about baseball <laughs> that like anybody can win anybody can come back so um while it might be foolish to think that and i do think that we're in for a uh, a little bit of a, a tough stretch for the next few years um things can turn around fast if they stop acting like 
children. Oh, that is such a big if, Jackie. It's so big. Well, it's bigger no. than all of us. <laughs> I know, but you know, I. You have to have hope, otherwise, what are you doing here? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have spent an hour talking about this wonderful game, but also this team. Okay, so the quick speed round to end it, and it's maybe not, again, maybe not a high note, but why not? We sort of just referred to it, so I, I will do a litmus test of your optimism. Uh, I'll kick it right back to Jackie to begin. Will the White Sox, knowing that nothing's going to happen, the, I mean, come on, we're fielding the same team next year, more or less, and arguably worse, but not to bias your answer, will the White Sox be better or worse next year? And only 100 losses counts as better. So are they actually going to lose more or uh, lose fewer games next year, Jackie? That's hard because I, I really think we'll, we'll be on par with this year. Um, okay. My my foolish just nature wants me to say, like, well, they'll, they'll do a little better maybe. Um, but if they do, it will be not out of talent, but out of luck. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot did go against this team. It deservedly so, but yeah, they didn't catch a break all season. Allie, are they going to be better or worse next year? I would love to sit here and be optimistic that they are going to be better, but I mean, Tim Anderson might not be with the club next year. Um, Michael Kopech should not be in the starting lot rotation. Like there are so many pieces that, uh, I just think it's going to be another bad one. <laughs> so you're willing to say they're going to be a little worse? Uh, yeah. I, I, okay. could, I don't Come know. Come on, Allie. Redacted is going to be there. It's going to be <laughs> Ouch. But we, we managed to wait three days into the off one week in the offseason before getting the first prediction of that guy becoming a mainstay for the Chicago White Sox. You know what the terrible thing is? is I just moved here. <laughs> Your right. timing is rough. It's terrible. if not for the friends, your timing is rough. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. lie. Snack pack. Mm. Um, we'll still have fun. Yes. Well, okay. I've gone on record now in two podcasts saying the White Sox will break their record for season losses next year. Of course, I had the number wrong the first podcast and said just 106, but 106 is the record. So I am on record saying they will lose 107 games next year. And that's just being skeptical and grizzled. It's really taking a hard look at this roster and how it can improve and it i think it is extremely dire i would love please chris gets you 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 little little man please prove me wrong please prove me wrong i'd be happy to cheer full throatedly i'd be happy to feel compelled to drag myself up a thousand miles north to see plenty of games with my very 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 good friends some of my best best friends in the whole wide world jackie presto and Allie West will have been nice enough to take an hour of their lives out. Allie can finally just breathe. Uh, take an hour of their lives out to spend some time reminiscing on the Dish Deluxe about a wonderful game, which they met. Beautiful relationship blossomed. A wonderful relationship for Southside Sox because we got Allie Wessel on the masthead. Editor Allie. Editor Jackie. Uh, rocking it for us in Southside Sox. As they will, we're going to try and get them to dip a toe in the offseason as well. But hopefully uh, heading into next season, a lot of coverage from them as well as we Switch things up a little bit. We might try to make it a little more, a little lighter on the White Sox next year. Don't yell at me. They did it. Blame them. But, yeah, we'll see how it all wrangles out. We'll see how Jackie and Allie want to be a part of that next year and even in this offseason. But 
thank you both for sharing some stories and having some reminiscing about, oh gosh, a time just two years ago, but a time so much brighter in all of our lives with the White Sox. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, this is a companion podcast along with more of a, a, a group deal with, with other people who are at the game. So if you've listened to that one, I hope you enjoyed this one. You know, it's a little more homespun, you know, a little bit more of a Walton's vibe to this one. But if you listen to this one first, hey, going in the, 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 the crazy block party that is the other podcast as well. A lot of talk about what remains the final White Sox postseason win. And I'm afraid to say in the near or even somewhat distant future may be the last White Sox playoff win. Jackie is blanching. She says, no, Brett, don't say it. Don't put it out there into existence. But it is the reality that we're staring into, and it is the abyss. Stop manifesting, Brett. Okay, I won't. (laughs) I'm going to Vegas. Sox in 2024. Let's have it happen. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Allie. And uh, again, uh, if you haven't listened to one, listen to the other. If you listen to both, hey, go re-listen to the one you used to listen to. When I, we don't got that much history coming at you, so, so keep it going. We should, uh, uh, we should uh, marinate in our history, in our good history, while we can, especially at times like this, as we struggle and tread water to stay above the water line. So please, enjoy our history podcast uh, all off-season. We'll be doing a lot of different stuff, talking about things like, oh my God, if Redacted comes back to this team, or if he doesn't, we can hold the wake. We've got Socks of Us coming. I haven't even mentioned that in any podcast yet. The whole Socks of Us season, which probably is going to stretch like four months, probably the whole off-season now. And someone page Tommy Barbie because... Unfortunately, his obligations have just increased dramatically for Southside Sox. Sorry, Tommy. Sox of us is coming. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, and Allie and Jackie will definitely be part of it. So thanks for being with us, and um, go White Sox 2024 all the way. <laughs>